A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The enemies of the prophet said, Come, let us make plots against Jeremiah, for instruction shall not perish from the priest, nor counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come, let us bring charges against him. Let us not heed any of his words. Jeremiah prayed to the Lord in these words. Give heed to me, O Lord, and listen to what my adversaries say. Is evil a recompense for good? Yet they have dug a pit for my life. Remember how I stood before you to speak good for them, to turn away your wrath from them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Save me, O Lord, in your steadfast love. Save me, O Lord, in your steadfast love. Take me out of the net that is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Save me, O Lord, in your steadfast love. For I hear the whispering of many, terror all around as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. Save me, O Lord, your steadfast love. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Save me, O Lord, your steadfast love. to you, Lord, King of eternal glory. Praise to you, Lord, King of eternal glory. I am the light of the world, says the Lord. Whoever follows me will have the light of life. Praise to you, Lord, King of eternal glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified, and on the third day he will be raised. 
Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons. And kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? They said to him, we are able. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. first thing that I would like to draw attention to is that in the Gospel of Matthew, the passage that we have just read was after the Transfiguration. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were present for the Transfiguration, and they saw the magnificent glory of the Lord Jesus revealed, as we spoke of, and reflected upon only three and four days ago. Do you think there's any possibility that looking up in that majestic scene and seeing Moses and Elijah, one on either side of Jesus, that the idea came either to them or perhaps to their mother when they told the story of their experience, though they had been forbidden to say anything, of course, but would have said something anyway, that, that the idea came to somebody in all of that, why don't we see if we can't get the two of you to be up there on either side of Jesus? And uh, <clears throat> thence we had everything that flows today. That's pure speculation, but you do wonder where that ambition came from, especially when Jesus had just finished saying, that his messiahship involved persecution, rejection, suffering, and death. Not the first time that he had said this to his apostles. He had actually said it already to them before the transfiguration. Now here he is saying it again. His words completely ignored if they even were listened to in the first place because of the ambition to have a seat of honor rather than a participation in the cross. I've done my speculating 
I must share with you the speculating that was revealed only in this morning's reflection from Bishop Robert Barron, which was utterly intriguing, and I have never, ever imagined or heard this before. Jesus, of course, says, it is not mine to grant who to sit at my right hand at my left. It's for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. And I would imagine that every one of us instinctively thinks, well, of course, Mary is going to be on one side of him, and oh, on the other, it might be Joseph, it might be John the Baptist, it might be somebody like that. We just automatically think that kind of thing. But Bishop Barron speculated as follows. You know what happened, according to John's gospel, uh, Luke's gospel, excuse me, on the cross. Jesus with his two evildoers on either side of him, and the one repents and says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. There's a reminiscence and an echo there of what John and James and their mother are asking for, but with a great deal more humility and a great deal more contrition rather than ambition. And remember Jesus' tender answer, this very day you shall be with me in paradise. Bishop Barron speculates, what if it was that so-called good thief, that evil one whose entire life had been wasted until he was brought to conversion and to contrition in the very last moments of his life? What if he was the one who was invited to sit at Jesus' right hand in the kingdom? What a remarkable and fascinating thing to contemplate. And we might say, but he would have absolutely no right to be in that position. True enough, he wouldn't. Evidently, neither did James and John have any right to it either, and we're not entirely sure who would. Would even Mary herself have the right? Does anybody have the right to sit with Jesus in his kingdom? Do any of us have the right to even get in the door, so to speak, of the heavenly kingdom? Of course not. It is entirely by the grace of Jesus, but with the very important additional factor that you must be willing to participate in the cross. You must be willing to unite yourself to the passion of the Lord and that's not just something that's notional or emotional. It's something that is lived in the carrying of our own crosses. James and John emphatically stated, oh, we are able to drink the cup that you are about to drink. And Jesus addresses them and says, oh, you will, believe me, you will. And he knows very well that they haven't the faintest idea what that's going to look like. And without the power of the Holy Spirit, there would be no way in the world they ever would be able to do it as they themselves acknowledged at a much later time in their lives. So in the same way, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can bear any cross for the sake of Christ who bore the ultimate cross for us. If only we will trust him and have that humility of heart that means that we come to him very much contrite, but very much open to the power of his grace and to doing his will wherever he leads, through cross to resurrection and new life, through service 
to ultimately being served by our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus. But not yet. Now it is our job to serve as Jesus Himself has done.